Hey, this is Heather from the media team at Word Alive. You're listening to our Sermon of the Week. This week we have Jackie Patio speaking on using what you got and how our God is bigger than our circumstances. I hope you enjoy this message. We're in the second part of this sermon series, Push. Uh, last week, my, my brother and partner in crime, Matt Hobson. Listen, y'all just need to let him stand up for a moment because he is clean as a board of hell this morning. Stand up, turn around, let him see you. Turn around. I, I gave him a new name, Big Baller Shot Caller, because he's so clean. He's clean this morning. And I just love it because we always talk about appearance and everything, but he's clean this morning. So he, he, uh, he, he talked to us, he preached to us last week about positioning ourselves for abundance. And, and he told us that we need to drop our plan B so we can be positioned for uh, abundance. And of course, we heard Jeff Digby's testimony last week, and you heard another one today. But I like that first testimony Jeff shared with us last week, how he had to uh, 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 first obey God and that when he obeyed God, God shifted his perspective and he saw his wife from a different view. That's powerful. And and just in case some of you men haven't seen your wife through the eyes of God, go ahead and start tithing so you can see her from a different perspective. And then, okay, of course, next week, Pastor Dan will come to us with the third portion of this series and he's going to be preaching from a sound of abundance. That's pretty powerful. And I want to take a moment just to acknowledge Pastor, Pastors Ken and Bell. They're out in India, and I pray that you have been praying with them as they represent this body in India, along with our governing elders, Sai and Nanette, are there with him. So we want to continue to intercede for them and, 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 and allow the power of God and the grace of God to cover them and guide them and continue to open the doors that they walk in with such authority and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what this kingdom business is all all about sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So stay in, in, in prayer with them as, as they continue the journey. This morning, I, I'm going to be talking with you uh, from 1 Kings 17. And it's a familiar passage, and we've read this chapter before, and, and it focuses in on how God provide or made provisions for Elijah during a time of famine. But, but our focus is not going to be on Elijah this morning. We're going to focus in on the widow, the widow woman that he crossed paths with in Zarephath. So I'm going to cover three points this morning. The first point I'm going to cover is God is bigger than your circumstance. Are you hearing me? God is bigger than your circumstance. The second point I'm going to cover this morning, give God your first and watch him multiply the rest. Give God your first and watch him multiply the rest. And then the third point we're going to cover here is abundance is in your hands. Abundance is in your hands. So this morning, we're going to be looking at 1 King chapter 17, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 16. Now, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Kent told everybody to bring their Bibles or your iPhones or something. So I pray you're being obedient and you brought your Bibles this morning. But we're going to be coming from the Amplified Bible. So if you got a King James, New King James, Wholesome, or whatever, it's on the screen. But we're going to be coming from uh, uh, the Amplified Bible in 1 Kings 17. And the scripture reads this. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. 
Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he set out and went to Zarephath, and when he came, and came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks, firewood. He called out to her and said, please bring me a little water in the jar so I may uh, drink. And, and she said, she was going to get, to get it. He called her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. See, I'm, I'm gathering a few sticks so that I may go in and bake it for me and my son and that we may eat it as our last meal and die. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Just make me a little bread for, from it first. Understand that first. Say first. And bring it out to me and afterwards you may make one for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The bowl of flour shall not be exalted, nor shall the jar of oil be emptied until the day the Lord sends rain again on the face of the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty in accordance the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. So Father, this is your word, and we know it's true. You said it shall not return void, but it will do that which it was sent to accomplish. So we stand on your word this morning. Now, God, you've already prepared your people to receive this word. Give them clarity in their thinking and open the eyes of their understanding even more. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to start off with this question for you this morning. How many of you heard this statement? It's not how much you have, but it's what you do with what you have. Amen. How many of you heard that statement? As a young girl, I heard this statement on a regular basis. The era in which I grew up, we, we had limited resources to buy a lot of things. But my mama knew how to make a dollar, stretch a dollar, and make it holler. <laughs> yes, she did. You're talking about nine kids. It's a lot of folk. She knew how to stretch a dollar and make it holler. In other words, she, she, it didn't matter how much she had, she knew what to do with what she had. H how many of you in here are, are familiar with the government cheese? Some of y'all like y'all shame to raise up y'all hand. <laughs> When I grew up, mama could make government cheese taste like Rotel dip. To my the Velveeta, now I'm pulling over the Velveeta and ground beef. We would eat government cheese for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's right. Breakfast, we would eat grilled cheese with eggs on bread. Today we call it a breakfast sandwich. Mama invented that way back. And then at lunchtime, we would eat mayo, cheese, on bread. But then at dinner time, she would take the same cheese, take some macaroni, and put some ground beef in it, and see what the day, well, today we call it hamburger helper. <laughs> but mama did that way back. It was on her market before the market got hamburger helper. See, all, all I'm trying to tell you is that mama used what she had. 
So, so this morning, I'm going to spend some time with you, and we're going to build this sermon on this title, Use What You Got. Use What You Got. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, Use What You Got. In, in 1 Kings 17, 18, 8, 8 through 12, the Lord instructed Elijah to go to Zarephath. As he enters the city, he encounters a widow woman gathering sticks. And what he does is he asks her for water. The Bible says as she was going to get the water for him, then he asks her for a piece of bread. But then she replies and she says, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in a bowl and a little oil in the jar. See, I'm gathering a few sticks so I may go in and bake it for me and my son that we may eat our last and die. So this takes us to our first point. Our God is bigger than our circumstance. You see, many times we live beneath our privileges because we allow our circumstance to define our reality. The widow's circumstance through her eyes appeared dismal. She had experienced the loss of her husband and now she is faced with a social and economic tragedy. Having no one to provide for her and a son positioned them into poverty. Now you gotta get this, she, she had no money, no one to call on for help, and chances were she was in debt. She, she's in a desperate place in her life, but in the midst of her desperation, the Lord sends the prophet Elijah to test her faith. And, and can you imagine what is going through her mind as she gathered the sticks for the fire? And I want you to ponder these thoughts with me as I think aloud. This is our last meal. And this man wants me to give him water, which I don't mind giving him water, but now he's asking me for bread too. You got to be kidding me. He, he's asking me for bread, and I only have enough for my son and me. You see, in her reality, she didn't have enough to give him. But you see, there are times in life we find ourselves in a mess. And the mess is so deep, we can't see our way out of it. But, but I believe in God's word. He declares us something prophetically to invite us into a reality. And, and when we fail to cooperate with it, then we're unable to experience the manifestation of the invitation. Look, when you look at Luke 6 and 33, the scripture says prophetically, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use will be the measure back to you. You see, the widow was in a mess, a place of no hope. Her situation looked bleak. As she spent time looking at her mess, God had already taken her mess and turned it into a message. In case you don't know it, our God specializes in mess. How many of you been in a mess? Some of you are still in a mess. But I want to tell you, God specializes in mess. 
I, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but someone right now is in a mess. You, you got your bills due, you got rent due, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and you can't seem to get caught up. But I come in here to tell you this morning, as long as you accept your situation, as if it's your reality, then you will lay down and don't expect anything else except for what you got. It's time to step into the reality and realize that you're better than your circumstance, that you're more than a conqueror. God is your provider. Come up at your pity pad party and declare from your own mouth, God is bigger than my circumstance. You got to stop complaining. You got to shake yourself loose and use what you got. See, as long as you stay in the safe zone, you will never step into the risk-free zone. You will never experience the faith zone. See, the faith zone is where miracles happen. You will never see the Red Sea part as long as you stay in the safe zone. You will never see manna come from heaven supernaturally as long as you stay in the safe zone. You will never see the God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask. Or think as long as you stay in the safe zone. See, this month, this month, this month we're in, God is turning some things around. Oh, yes, He is. He's turning some things around. So we got to step into the joy of the Lord, who's our strength. He's the El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. This is the same God that woke you up this morning. This is the same God that allows grace and mercy to follow you all the days of your life. This is the same God that declared, I had not seen, nor ear had heard, neither entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. This is the same God see sometimes sometimes you got to have your own praise party I don't know about you but I have my own praise parties when situations look bleak when circumstances get tough listen I got to take my eyes off the circumstance and I got to look to the hills from which come in my help when I start having my praise party I enter into his gates with thanksgiving I enter into his courts with praise I said oh bless the Lord all my soul he is worthy to be praised you're my provider. You supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Jesus Christ. And when I look at my circumstance, hey, they don't look as bad anymore. Why? Because my God is bigger than my circumstance. Yes, he is. He's bigger than our circumstance. We are more than conquerors. Oh, yes, we are. I'm like MC Hammer. You can't touch this. You got to have that attitude that you're like MC Hammer. You can't touch this. Why you can't touch it? Because God, you belong to God. You are his child. He's providing for you. He said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. That's the God we serve. When you wrap that around your mind, you can't afford to stay where you are. It's time to come up out of your stuff. My God, my God, he's bigger than our circumstance. This takes us to the second point. Oh, Jesus, I feel the Holy Ghost now. Oh, my, my, my. God, God, God. The second point is give God your first and then watch him multiply the rest. You got to wrap your mind around that. Give him your first so he can multiply your rest. Psalms 24 and 1. 
says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Haggai 2 and 8 says the, the silver is mine. The gold is mine. Everything belongs to God. Can I rain on your prayer for a moment? Everything you got, God has allowed you to steward it. It don't belong to you or me anyway. See, in the kingdom of God, in order to receive more, you must be proven worthy of what, with what you already have. That's why the word says, to whom much is given, talk back to me. Oh, y'all got some Bible in you. When you look at in Elijah, in verse 13, Elijah told the woman to make bread for him first. Say first. And afterwards for herself and, and her son. See, the message in this text is simple as this. Simple as this. All first belong to God. When you look at Romans 11 and 16, the scripture says, For if the first is holy, the lump also is holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. The Bible tells us in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruit of all increases so that your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats overflow. How many of you want to live in the overflow? Well, you got to honor him. See, this woman had to make a decision. If she was going, and the decision was, am I going to trust God or am I going to trust the circumstances that continue, continue to keep her in bondage? See, just like this woman, <clears throat> some of you have to make the same decision. God is calling you to a higher level, a higher place in him. But you will never experience the manifestation of his promises if you don't step out and be obedient. When you look at verse 14, God promised her that if she would give the prophet his first, say first, then her bowl of flour would never run out and her jar of oil would never be empty. You remember the widow who had the two mites or two corns? Jesus took notice of her giving because she gave her first and she gave her last while others gave out of their abundance. See, God is not moved, I need you to hear me, God is not moved by our sum, S-U-M, but he's moved by our percentage. Do I need to repeat that? God is not moved by our sum, S-U-M, but he's moved by our percentage. L let me say it another way. <clears throat> the widow had two coins. She gave all that she had. Her percentage equaled the sum of two coins, while those who gave out of their abundance still had something left over. You see, he saw her little as important as their abundance. You see, when you believe that your little is nothing, Jesus can take your little and multiply it into something. But if you bring him nothing, then he has nothing to work with. Nothing from nothing equals nothing. You know, the little boy gave five loaves and two fish. Jesus, what did he do? He took it, he blessed it, and he fed the multitudes. See, God does not need a whole lot to multiply what you've got. All he needs, see, in my world, what he needs from me is my two-piece of Popeye's chicken, my five biscuits and honey, and he can multiply I love 
love Popeye's chicken. So all I got to do is give him that to multiply. My point is all he needs is something. This takes us to point three. Generosity never killed the cat. It was curiosity that killed the cat. See, God is looking for generous people. People who don't mind letting go of what he has given unto them to steward. So point three, look at your hands. Abundance is in your hands. Tell your neighbor, abundance is in your hands. Deuteronomy 8 and 18 says, God has given us hey, power to get wealth. I'm going to rewind that. God has given us power to get wealth. See, we will never experience the God of abundance with closed hands. Now, I'm getting ready to mess you up right now. Money is a magnifier. Oh, yes, it is. Money is a magnifier. It will magnify you if you're generous, and it will magnify you if you're stingy. See, most people say, I'm going to start giving when God bless me. I'm getting ready to mess you up again. If you're stingy with a dollar and can't make it holler, the chances are when you get a million, you're not going to let that go either. So you see, we're not asking, I'm not saying you have to wait for God to bless you. I'm saying you got to use what you got. You see, we're going to go through this little practice test right now. Raise up your hands. Now close your hands. Open your hands. Look at your hands. Now I want you to prophesy over your hands and say, abundance is in my hands. hands. Now turn to your neighbor and prophesy to them and tell them the same thing. Abundance is in your hands. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Abundance is in your hand. What you do, what you do, what you have determines your abundance. You see, the widow had limited resources, but the Bible says she honored what Elijah asked her to do. See, she made the bread first for him and gave it to him. Then she kept the rest for her son and herself. You see, the widow's obedience did what? It released an abundance into her hand that never ran out. When you look at verses 15 and 16, she and her household, the scripture says, ate for days. Oh, my the bowl of flour never it was exhausted and the jar was never emptied. Visualize this with me. Every time she went to get flour, more flour appeared. Visualize this with me. Every time she went to get oil, her cup ran over. She was dripping in grease. Visualize that. She, she, had, she had plenty for what she needed. Can you imagine every time you give God your first, your money keep replenishing itself? That's crazy there. But that's the kind of God we serve. I'm not just tying it to money. I'm talking about everything in your life. That's why he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, all you got to do is give him your first. See, the law of reciprocity says, with what... You give is what you're going to get in exchange. The Bible calls it sowing and reaping. Whoever sows sparingly, y'all 
preach back to me. Reap sparingly. Look, the little boy, five loaves and two fish. Jesus took it and multiplied it, fed a multitude. That's powerful. Samson killed a thousand Philistines using the donkey, the jawbone of a donkey. He used what he had. Moses took a rod and parted the Red Sea, made a highway for the children of Israel to cross over, used what he had. The widow had two mites. She used what she had. I'm trying to encourage you, you got to use what you got. You, you can't keep making excuses why you're not giving or why you're not doing what God asked you. Just use what you got. You see, and leave the results to God. Jeff and Dandelin, he just told you, broke, busted, disgusted, didn't have a pot to pee in and a window to throw it out of. That's what he said. But when he began to put God first, God gave him a different perspective about his wife. Then from that, he walked into abundance, and now abundance is in his house. So you got to decide, am I going to give God his first, or am I going to give him the leftovers? So you can't expect to be blessed by God or from God when you give him the leftovers, left over in your time, left over in your talents, left over in your money. See, God wants our first. He wants to be first in every facet of our lives. That's what he wants. He wants to be first. See, you got to use what you got. Why? Because God is bigger than our circumstance. He's bigger than our circumstance. When we give him his first, he's going to multiply the rest. Abundance is already in our hands because he said, I've given you power to get wealth. So here's the question. What are your two fish and five loaves? Well, what, what are your two fish and five loaves? I, I know it looks a little bleak for you right now. You may not even have a job, and some of you may just be one person. Work, but what is your two fish and five loaves? Well, where, are you, where are you right now? Where are you right now? Are you in a place that's so tight you don't even know if you're going to get out? What's your two fish and five loaves. I, I'm challenging you right now because we got to begin to get in alignment with what God wants us to do. I hope you enjoyed this message. For more content like this, please visit wordalive.tv. If you're ready for your next step, you can jump into Freedom Track anytime. Have a great week.